Yo, 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 it's your boy, Preacher Boy, and we're back with another episode, Chats with Preacher Boy. It's the conclusion to our mini-series, Overcoming Addiction, and when I say I am glad about what God has done this far, I am glad. The testimonies that were shared, all the things that were spoken thus far have been a tremendous help to not only myself, but Many of you that are out there listening, and I know it for a fact, I feel it in my soul, and we're going to close it up with some steps to overcoming this addiction. Before we, before we get any deeper, you know we got to start things off with a little word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we come before you again, dear God. We thank you for another opportunity to come together, dear God, and expound on your word, dear God. God, we thank you for life, health, and strength, dear God. We thank you for the activities of all of our limbs. We thank you for all the doors that you open and all the doors that you close that we no longer need, dear God. God, I ask that you word my mouth to say what you want me to say to your people, dear God. Allow it to be a message and an inspiration to someone to help them overcome and help them to overcome those addictions that they're facing, dear God. God, I ask that you forgive us for anything that we've done wrong, knowingly or unknowingly, dear God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, dear God, and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. It's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So like I said, this is part five, the conclusion of our mini-series, Overcoming Addiction. So let's get a little recap of what we talked about thus far. What is an addiction? The addiction that we talked about, you know, is the state of being enslaved to a habit or to something that's, I don't know, psychologically and or physically habit-forming. It's something you made an icon or a god in your life as a priority over the number one true god. An addiction typically starts... When an individual receives such an excitement or thrill from an activity or substance the first time that they continue to chase that very first feeling from an activity or substance they received in hope of recreating that first experience that they may have had. So in the midst of constantly trying to recreate your first feeling from an activity or substance, you now have enslaved yourself to something that you Now, no matter what, you make sure to find and incorporate into your day. It becomes a must-do task in your daily daily taskings. So that's a little recap of what an addiction is and how an addiction can start. You know, today I just want to give y'all some key steps that the Lord placed on my heart and how to truly overcome addiction. You know, we've been praying and we've been speaking deliverance and I trust and believe that you all will be delivered in the name of Jesus. You know, Satan's not going to be able to have you bound anymore. Those shackles are going to be broke free. You're going to be living in such peace in your life. You're going to have joy, unspeakable joy. You're just going to feel so free. You're going to feel so Weightless because all the weights are going to be broken off of your life and lifted off of you. So here are some steps that God gave me. God gave me six steps to share with you all today. Number one, identify the identify the addiction. What was it that initiated this addiction and what tempts you? James 1.14 tells us, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. I have a situation and my situation is a sin. 
So you're probably asking, how is this a sin? How is an addiction a sin? What, what makes this thing a, a sin? Well, Exodus 20 and 3, was, it tells us clear as day, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And this is one of the commandments. You're now placing something over God as number one, and you have made it your idol. You have made this addiction your priority in your life. And you're now idolizing and putting more focus onto this addiction versus God. When 1 John 5 and 21 tells us, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That's exactly how it goes. I kid you not. The King James Version states it clear as day, just like that. 1 John 5 and 21. Step two, confess your sins to God. Luke 15, 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. One thing I want you to know, confession comes after you've identified you have a problem and you admit that you have sinned, meaning you got to remove, you got to realize that you messed up and you got to set your pride aside and you must admit you sin. It's a must, hands down. After you identified the addiction, after you identified the problem, now you got to confess it to God. And sometimes our pride gets in the way and tries to hold us back from, you know, admitting where we're really wrong because it exposes us. It exposes our our things that we've been doing in the dark for so long, those things that we've kept hidden. So step two is confess your sins to God. Number three, repent and embrace you are forgiven. What does it mean to repent, preacher boy? I'm glad you asked. Repenting is not your ordinary, oh, I'm sorry. Nah, 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 nah. This is a sincere response to God for the wrong you have done. When you repent, you're now willing to turn from sin to him. You're not turning from sin to another sin. No, 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 no. That defeats the whole purpose and now you're not repenting. All you're doing is saying the ordinary, I'm sorry. And when somebody typically says, I'm sorry, that doesn't, that doesn't guarantee they're not going to do what they did to you again. No, they're just trying to soothe the, the pain by putting a Band-Aid over the affliction they may have caused in your life. So what God is trying to get you to do, he wants you to repent, meaning you need to turn from your sins and turn to him. Ezekiel 14 and 6 tells us, Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, repent and turn yourselves from your idols and turn away your faces from all abominations. Acts 3 and 19 says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And Mark 1.15 says, in saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent thee and believe the gospel. And this is Jesus speaking. We're called to repent. Now, after, you've done, after you have done all this repenting and you turn from your sins and now you turn to God, now you have to understand you, that you've been forgiven. You need to embrace you are forgiven. Stop beating yourself up for something that God has already thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Sometimes the hardest part of us moving on after we've done something is forgiving ourselves. It's so easy to ask for forgiveness from God and God forgives us like that, but then the the, the 
the lingering guilt remains is because we haven't forgiven ourselves. And so what I need you to understand is that after you repent, you need to embrace that you are forgiven. Hebrews 8 and 12 tells us, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Mercy is not getting the punishment we deserve. So even though we do all this, all this wrong, all these damnable things, God is reassuring us that we have mercy. But that doesn't mean we should just nonchalant and blatantly sin. No, that's not what I'm telling you. But I'm telling you that we have mercy from him. He gives us new, new mercies daily. And mercy, once again, is not getting the punishment we deserve. Step four, resist the devil. Clear as day, resist the devil. And sometimes even myself, I, I've, I've fallen short of this where I, you know, find myself where I'm not resisting and I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing and I'm not seeking God how I should, where I'm not. And, and, I'm, and so because of that, I'm not resisting the devil. James 4 and 7 tells us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Meaning. You have to put yourself in a situation where you where you aren't engaging your temptations and what the devil is throwing at you. Instead, you need to draw closer to God and he will draw draw closer to you. That's what James four and eight tells us. So you have to realize where you're at and understand like, okay, I see where I'm at right now. I see the enemy's trying to throw this at me. I see that he's trying to put this obstacle in my way. I see this is popping up in my life. Nah, I'm not going to do it. Even though my friends around me, they drink and, you know, people are trying to offer me to drink. Nah, I'm going to take myself out of that equation and move somewhere else and do something else. Though they may talk about me, though they may say, man, you lame for not wanting to do this. You have to realize that you have repented, meaning you turn from your sins and you now turn to the father and you're not willing to jeopardize what you've already let go. Step five, who can hold you accountable? I need you to ask yourself that. Who can hold you accountable? Ask yourself who will keep you on the right path. Someone when you are weak that will remain strong. Someone who corrects you when you're wrong or slip. Someone that actually loves you and doesn't just say it. Because someone who loves you will always want the best for you no matter what. James 5 and 16 tells us, Confess your faults one to another and pray for another that he may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. First Peter 5 and 9 tells us, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You need to understand that in this journey, you aren't, you aren't the only one who's facing temptation. You have brothers and sisters also going through what you are facing. So tag team with each other to hold each other accountable. The Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. So shall a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. So if I say that I really love you and I say that I got your back, that means I need to be holding you accountable for your actions. If I know that you repented for, you know, watching pornography or you repented for drinking all the time, or if you repented for smoking weed all the time and you place that addiction above God, now I need to make sure you stay on that commitment that you've already put upon yourself. Now I need to make sure you're not doing those things that you already turned from. That's what a true brother and a true sister does. They don't just let you fall into the, the circumference of 
temptation and let you fall into those things that entice you. Step six, the last and final step, walk in victory. First Corinthians 15 and 57 tells us, but thanks be to God, which giveth, us, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to walk in the understanding and knowledge that you are victorious. You need to tell yourself, sometimes you may need to look in the mirror and say, I am victorious. God, I am more than a conqueror because I have you on my side. When temptations try to flare up, you start quoting those scriptures to yourself. You got to say, I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. Sometimes you got to reassure yourself that you can do all things through Christ, that you're not alone. You're not by yourself. John 19 and 30 tells us when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Jesus, when he was on the cross, completed it all. Now you need to walk in your victory knowing that sin is defeated. When Jesus was on the cross, he died. He died for your addiction to pornography. He died for, to, to, for your addiction to alcohol. He died for your addiction to marijuana. He died to your addiction to cocaine. He died to your addiction to pleasure. He died to your, for your addiction to pleasing people. He died so that you can be free. Every, every name, everything that I just stated has to bow at the name of Jesus because every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord of Lords. So at the end of the day, I want you to keep in mind these six steps. Number one, I'm going to repeat them for you. Identify the, identify the addiction. Step two, confess your sins to God. Step three, repent and embrace you are forgiven. Step four, resist the devil. Step five, who can hold you accountable? Step six, walk in victory. And one thing that I was studying on top of all this, the number six signifies man in their imperfections, showing that we're not perfect. We're made in the image of God, but we are not perfect. So we have slip ups. We make mistakes. We fall short sometimes. That's why the Bible said, tells us that God is married to the backslider. But we also got to realize that just because he's married to the backslider doesn't mean we should be willfully sinning. I want you to realize that we are not perfect, but that does not mean we should strive. That, that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive to do what is right and and live holy. We need to be striving to live holy daily. We need to be striving to live like Christ did when he walked this earth. The solution to all of this is replace your addiction with a focus on Christ. To every problem, there's a solution and it's in the word of God. So that means you got to set time out. You got to, you got to rely on God and not rely on yourself because it's not in yourself that you do things. Our biggest enemy is the inside of us, the enemy, the inner me, enemy. And, you know, if, if you take the time and you really sound that out, it's the enemy, enemy, you know, inside of me. <laughs> if you think about it, we're our biggest enemy. So in order for us to succeed, we have to apply these steps to, in our lives, one through six. We have to apply them all. And we have to kill our flesh daily. And we have to carry our cross daily and follow after Christ. 
You know, this mini series has been a blessing and God's I'm telling y'all, God's going to continue to do some great things in the, in these next few episodes. He's going to continue to open doors. I'm speaking deliverance. I'm speaking financial freedom. I'm speaking jobs opening up for individuals. I speak all these things in the name of Jesus and they will come to pass especially when you accept him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because even though he reigns on the just and the unjust, why not live your life serving him? That way you can get all the blessings and not just some of them. So I thank you for listening. I pray that God continue to use you and shape you and know that you can do all things through Christ. And I speak freedom right now in the name of Jesus. Any weight that tries to stay upon your life, I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Victory is yours and I speak it upon your life and you claim it right now. I ask that y'all continue to stay motivated, continue to press towards the mark. Know that you have somebody in your corner and this road that we're on, this journey to heaven, you're not alone. Know that you have somebody, especially if you need to talk to somebody. Like I said, you could reach out to Preacher Boy. Preacher Boy is as transparent as possible. I'm going to be there for you and I'm going to hold you accountable if you want that accountability. But the thing is, you got to want the accountability. So I pray that you have a blessed weekend on this weekend. It's Friday. You know, we have Saturday and Sunday to relax, do what you do, but give God some thanks and thank him for the things that he's done for you thus far. I pray that y'all be blessed. I love y'all. Y'all have a blessed weekend. Preacher boy out.